0: Hey everybody welcome back to another photog adventures podcast i'm aaron king and you're listening to the photography podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own i know that all of you have full-time jobs full-time families but you bought that camera for a reason so pack your gear grab your camera get out there get a flat tire it's time for a photog adventure of your own it's episode 150 welcome back to the photog adventures podcast everybody and 150 i'm looking at my notes right now, and I keep seeing the word ISO. I don't see 150. The way I write my five, it looks like an S. It looks like ISO. So this is the ISO episode, 150 episodes later. Today, my co-host is a guy that I've been wanting to meet, been wanting to go to his awesome conferences. I've seen people talk about it. I've seen people tell me why I should have been there, why I'm envious, and it's killed me that it's taken until now to be one of the speakers and presenters at the Out of Moab conference. I'm joined today by Chris Smith. Hey, Chris. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? So, Chris, you have been doing photography. I, oh, I should answer that. I'm doing really well. I'm really, <laughs> st- I'm really stoked. You said to I have got you. to be a co host, right? Come yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I just kind of jumped right into the script. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm doing well. I'm stoked to have you on. Having other photographers who share my passion, I mean, you said it. In It's either the Out of Moab About or it was your csmithchicago.com website about that you specifically said that your photography adventures, oh yeah, I see it right here, and I share our photography adventures on the Out of Chicago blog. So you're a man of my own heart where you go out and you're sharing content and you're main point is sharing the photography adventure and so that's cool how long have you been doing the out of Chicago blog
1: uh well we started in like 2011 um, when wow. it was just all photographing Chicago so we've been doing this for a while back uh, you know when I first started it was like oh we're just all brand new doing Flickr and everything and now it's you know <laughs> things have really changed but I remember when uh, when you came on the scene and I thought man I'm so jealous because it's like you're doing the exact same thing really but you're in but you're in Utah like oh I would love to be <laughs> man that would be great! I'm here, like in the Chicago suburbs, and head downtown. But I mean, it's amazing architecture <laughs> for sure. But but uh, but to do like what you do, we we don't get that opportunity. It's not just a, you know a day trip, weekend trip. So I've right? yeah,
0: always been jealous. Of oh man, the Chicago people come like in the droves, come out to Utah and hang out with me. I love my Chicago friends that I've made, and I've told people in the past that when I started doing photography and decided to do a YouTube channel and podcast, it was like I went into the middle of Florida. I bought an orange grove of a million acres and said, you know what? I think I'm gonna get into oranges. I'm gonna start doing a business of oranges. It's like I decided one day to do this business and looked around me and realized I'm I'm surrounded by oranges everywhere. Utah and being here and deciding to do a photography business and hang out and do photography. Wow, I mean I was in the middle of the Mecca already, and I have access to all the national parks. There's like 30 of them within a day's drive of me, let alone two, three, four hours, and I have all the beauty of Utah at my expo- disposal. So yeah, I am definitely lucky to be out here.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that when they think of Utah and the Southwest and they go, you know, that's a really nice part of the country. And it's like, wait a minute. No, that's like one of the best places in the world. People come from around <laughs> the world to visit this. Yeah. So it's it's... I mean, and we think, oh, let's go take some trip, you know, overseas. But it's like, no, we can get
0: amazing (laughs) things right here and things that people come from all over the world to see here. So it's crazy. More often than not, I see people who are photographers and they share their portfolio and their portfolio is just basically my backyard. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) your (laughs) best images came from here, too. I see. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's right. If you guys don't know the name Chris Smith yet, you will know his progress or his production of the Out of Chicago conference that has grown into being becoming conferences around the United States. You do out of Acadia, out of Moab. This year, your first one was out of Yosemite. This is your first time going to Yosemite, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was crazy. I, we, we just got back just a few weeks, weeks ago from Yosemite. Yeah, we called it. I mean, our company started in Chicago and the original conferences were all out of Chicago. But as we started to expand around the country, I mean, it's um they, they've turned into something really special. And so the out of Yosemite, I mean, I hooked up with Michael Fry up the, out there yes. and he hooked He's me brilliant. up with all he's amazing. But, and and so he's got the photographer's guide to Yosemite and everything else. So it's like, okay, we're going to get this figured out how we can do all (laughs) of our field sessions and the classes. And he says, you know, you really should talk to some of my other friends. Like, John Sexton and Charlie Kramer and William Neal and Alan Ross. And it's like, these are all the people that were Ansel Adams assistants and uh, people that worked with him. It's like pretty much everybody that's still alive that worked with him. And then once they put the word out, then I got an email from Jeannie Adams, Ansel's uh, daughter-in-law. And she's like, well, we'd love to be involved. Uh, Her husband, uh, Ansel's (laughs) son. and, And they're like, well, we would love to be involved however we can. So they were, they took place in the panel discussion. She gave a talk about the history of the Ansel Adams gallery. The Ansel Adams gallery staff welcomed us in and we did private tours behind the scenes. And it was one of the most amazing, special things I've ever been a part of. And and when (sighs) I tell people, I'm like, I don't know how we made that work. But it was just because of some of these connections, starting with Michael Fry. So oh, it was amazing. amazing.
0: That is making me so sick to my stomach with jealousy now. You didn't have <laughs> that in your promotions <laughs> for Out of Yosemite. Otherwise, I would have been there. <laughs> well, part, part of it is that by the time that we realized that we
1: were, you know, that far ahead, it, it was already sold out. <laughs> so we couldn't, you know, we could only make people
0: more jealous at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is this something that you guys could do again? Or was that a one-time deal with Jeannie Adams? I don't know. Uh, I mean there, um, uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I, we may try it. We probably will try it again, not next year, but I guess it would be 2022 is when we'll do it, but, twenty twenty two. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. It's like crazy <laughs> to think, you know, uh, how far ahead we're getting here. But yeah, so Man. so we probably do it uh, like every other year. Next year we're gonna do, and this is um kind of a well, I don't know about a secret. We told the people at Yosemite, but that was it. But we're oh, we just got back from scouting Death Valley, so we're gonna do out of Death
0: Valley 2021. Ooh, fantastic! Yeah. What month would yeah. you do it then? In the nice and not kill you months.
1: exactly
0: (laughs) although it's crazy how they said so many people come
1: there just to experience the 130 degrees it's like okay if you say so yeah no so we just got back from Yosemite so it's going to be the same time of year it's going to be uh January 20th to the 24th and uh yeah yeah so we've got um you know Aaron Bobnick and uh Colleen Minnick and just some of the some of the top photographers David Kingham, Jennifer Renwick, Sarah Marino all coming to uh participate in that one so it's going to be. It's going to be quite the thing. I don't want this all to be an advertisement, but uh, yeah. So oh, you it's keep going to be doing, an You got a script.
0: Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is something that everyone who gets into photography, you tend to follow someone on YouTube who you're like, okay, I like his photography, I like what he's doing, or I like what she's she's got. Oh, she teaches really well, and you start following these people, and then it, inevitably you come across their video or their post about being with and out of presentation they've gone to out of moab out of chicago out of acadia out of oregon out of yosemite and now out of death valley i mean there is just there is a credibility with the out of system you guys have such a great conference i've never been a part of one i'm looking forward to being part of one this September. you just assume
1: it's great i like that i appreciate it
0: <laughs> <laughs> all i know is that what i've seen come out of there has been fantastic and so it must be great <laughs> it must be great yeah i i
1: I have a great team that helps me run the things. And uh, I mean, we get to pick whoever we want as our instructors and they're all great people. And like you said, a lot of these people come, uh, we might have 15 instructors at an event and they're like, well, I came just because of this one person. So people might be like, okay, well, I, I follow Aaron and the Photog Adventures, but I don't know <laughs> who uh, Gavin Hardcastle is or uh, Mark Denny or some of these other people. But when they come to an event like that, they leave and they go, oh my goodness, like they were all amazing i came just for aaron but i couldn't believe all these other people because there's also you know five ten people that came just because of mark denny or whatever and so you get to know them and our repeat customers that come back when whenever we do one of these we we, we put out a thing asking people what I, it's kind of crazy it's kind of like uh um real hands-on, I create people's schedules, like personally. Everyone turns in a form and says, well, I wanna make sure I work with these four photographers and I wanna make sure I go to these locations. And the most important thing is that I do this mini workshop, whatever, and I put it together for all 100 people that come to our things. Yeah, It's it's a little much, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but that way they are doing exactly what they want. Because otherwise, and, well, here, you said you like stories. Here's a story. Are you ready for one? Yeah, Is I'm ready. Okay? Am I off script? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're so, perfectly on script. <laughs> uh, we have gotten much, much better at these. So I, I started the blog in 2011, but in 2014, we did our first out of Chicago conference. So we've been doing them now six, seven years. And when we first did out of Moab, out of Acadia, we used a system where... You could go in and sign up for whatever class you wanted. And I could say, well, it's you know that's that's a field session. Only eight people can get on that with that instructor. Or only ten people can get into that one. And the way we did it the first time was we said at eight o'clock on Thursday Whoa. night or whatever, <laughs> everybody can log in and they can all pick all their classes. As uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh-oh. And so it was a mad scramble. And I would have people email me like at eight o two, going, my login's not working, and oh I'd go, gosh. well. All the things you wanted are probably already filled up by 802. Unbelievable. No way. Not good. So the story part <laughs> is there was also a couple and they talked to me afterward. They said, you know, we had the best time at Out of Moab when we did it the first time. They said it was great. You know, the scheduling, that wasn't really the best. Like uh, we were, we were um, at our friend's. Uh, funeral uh, that evening, but we brought our laptops and we Where's set them priorities? out in the lobby and we their... did get into our classes, but it was a little bothersome. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. They Once really I heard did. that, I'm like, they left you, they the funeral def- to do it. <laughs> I don't know the whole story, but <laughs> as soon as I heard it got any wind of that, I'm like, you know, oh. would never like that ever again. <laughs> so it sounds crazy, but people submit a form and they tell me all the things that they want. And I just, I have it like on my iPad with my you know, oh, boy. I pencil and I just go through and I fill out everyone's schedule. And if you're doing seven different field sessions during the thing, you might only get six of the exact ones you wanted in the seventh one. You get to meet a new instructor that you've never met before, but, um, But it it, it works out great. We just got back from Yosemite and we're taking the feedback and results from people. And they uh, they had a great time and they love the way that that we that we work it now.
0: Oh, boy, that's such a lose lose situation. I mean, you've either got the door busters of Black Friday going on of the Internet where you release something (laughs) at a certain time. And now either the website goes down or people have a little glitch and then they're crying because they missed out on something or they put it all on you where you're scheduling them. And now you're to blame if they don't get what they want. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Actually,
1: another one I remember, uh, I was, we were, we were at one of the arches at, out of Moab and one of the attendees came up. We were with Sarah Marino. She was leading people around and he's like, oh yeah, I thought the registration system was great. I sat there for about 45 minutes before it opened and I practiced my movements so that I could select every <laughs> class I wanted as fast as I could. I just did it over and over and over again. So I didn't even have to look anymore. I'm like, oh, I got to change
0: this. <laughs> Left sector of the screen, go my mouse up. Okay. Oh okay. my goodness.
1: Perfect. Yes. That was exactly what it was. Wow.
0: So, oh, that's too intense. I'm so glad to not be on that side of the screen. Yikes.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, we, we've been doing these for so long that we've got all the logistics figured out. We, we handle carpools and, uh, you know, just all the little things that make things go smoothly. So starting with out of Oregon last fall and uh, now with Yosemite, um, we, we kind of got things really
0: figured out that it's, um, you know, not putting those little snags and things. That's a challenge. That's a huge challenge. But thank goodness you only let a hundred people come. Otherwise, you would never stop doing this. But I can see why it's a full time job for you. <laughs> <I> definitely <laughs> yes, can. Yes, I <laughs> well, when we did the Chicago
1: ones, we got to the point where we had four or five different instructors. Or uh, I'm sorry, we had four or five hundred uh, attendees, and we'd have like forty instructors at the thing. And that was Yowza. that was crazy. And and yeah, I mean, like I didn't even get to know the people that were there. And the other difference was we had people like doing portraits, and they got their their. Uh, models and they got hair and makeup and then i'm like taking people to the botanic garden and then we got people doing <laughs> architecture with like all over the place so instead it's like we go to one location and focus just on that so for moab this year where you'll be teaching it's really focused on uh, on astrophotography and so that's why yes. we got some of the best astrophotographers there teaching So
0: that is going to be fantastic. And in the future, if you do another out of Moab for Astro, we got to move it in towards May, April, June, something like that. I'd say may or June are the absolute best months for Astro. If you can do it. Yes.
1: We can do whatever you want, Aaron. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ah, yes. This podcast has such an ulterior motive for me. I have all these inside avenues to talk to the people I want to and to get things that I want. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait. Let's do it the other way around then. If you say that I'm allowed to be the co-host and I can ask you questions, I'll do more. I think you have a time scripted for it, but uh, (laughs) but, sorry, Uh, but... What other places would be good? I mean, Moab's great because it's got arches, canyon lands, it's got uh, Dead Horse State Park, and then there's other arches just in the BLM lands there. And you even mentioned like uh, Goblin Valley and a couple other places that are a little further away. Yes. But what other places would be really good where, you know, You kind of got to have a city like you got to have a conference center and then you got to be able to accommodate 100 people, but then be able to get to these locations within an hour or
0: so. Well, one of the options is definitely where Nightscapers is this year with Kanab just because you have a good conference center they're building and you can get up to Escalante. Escalante is my favorite place in Utah for Milky Way photography. It's so crazy dark. There's a ton of different rock formations that you can choose from. I love going out to Crater Lake and Oregon Coast too for Milky Way photography. Going up the Oregon Coast and hitting Secret Beach, near Brookings and Bandon and then going up to Cannon Beach and uh, Cape Kiwanda. All of those turn out to be really fantastic locations for Milky Way. If you can go later in the year when you have less of a marine layer to worry about and you get that Milky Way that goes further southwest and goes out over the ocean and that light pollution of the beach doesn't matter anymore. You're getting a great shot of the Milky Way. So Utah and Oregon are my favorite places to go for Milky Way here in the States. And then I'm going to New Mexico at Bistai Badlands. There's just no conference center out there in that area. And if you're looking at places in California, when you go to Death Valley, that has some great Milky Way opportunities later in the year. When it's early spring, like February, January, your Milky Way is right over the light pollution of Las Vegas. You wouldn't believe it, but from Badwater Badlands, um, that area, Badwater Basin, you can look out over, see the Milky Way rise. And in February, I still had light pollution from Las Vegas bugging my shot. See, this is why... This is why our events are so good. Let me just say that <laughs>
1: is that I, I work with instructors that know this better than anything. They're like Las Vegas is going to be right there. Like, you know that when we did Yosemite, <laughs> I had Michael Fry. He's like, well, you got this and you got this. And we were able to plan the exact right dates to be there and and everything else to figure it out
0: exactly right. So, um yeah, glad to have you on board. Oh, I'm stoked to be on board. I really, really am. I mean, when I sent that email to you, I was fanboying it. When I sent that email asking Chris Smith, if I could work with you, that'd be the best ever. And I was so sad through 2019 when I met all the Chicago people who actually knew you, and they said, "John's like you should." I'll I'll get you connected with Chris. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And so I'm stoked (laughs) to work with you. Very excited. I'm a fanboy. Yeah, excited to have you. Well, let me ask you that about the whole fanboy thing. I mean, Chris Smith is a god in photography now. A guy who leads these no doubt about that. Yes, (laughs) conferences around the country. Um, There's a thing called the imposter syndrome. And a lot of us go through it with different ways. And I talked about it in my last episode about as photographers, you might have the imposter syndrome about when are you able to teach? Because YouTube is a great opportunity for you to get on and say, here's what went well. Here's what goes well. Here's what I know. And you can teach it to others. And there might be a time when someone's thinking about doing that. But they're like, I'm an imposter. And the imposter syndrome is where you think that you're just not qualified enough to say what you know. You don't think that you could possibly be a teacher in this. You don't think you could possibly do a photography workshop. You don't think you could possibly lead, say, a 100-person conference. And so when it came to you starting this from your blog to the Out of Chicago, I guess you started there with a conference what kind of imposter syndrome elements did you go through? When did you feel like you had the credentials and the quality to start doing this? Oh, man, there's there's so much to say there.
1: Um, so my story, first off, is that I was doing the blog. I wrote The Photographer's Guide to Chicago, which was uh, which I feel was very successful. And uh, we sold a lot of copies of that. Awesome. And people used it to ph- photograph Chicago all over the place. And... Um, And so things were going really, really well. But I wasn't doing anything other than that. And I remember having a like a Skype meeting. Uh, I followed like Rick Salmon's blog. And so I'm like, all right, well, we're going to we'll do a little." He was uh, it was like a tough love or something. It was like, (laughs) you know, 60 minutes. He's going to look at your pictures. And and, you know, he's just like the nicest guy. And uh, and, you know, it's kind of filled with extremes a little bit. And he uh, I remember he looked over some of the images and he goes, you know, I don't I don't think I can help you, Chris. Like this is this is as good as, <laughs> as we can do. I, I don't oh, think wow. I can help you. I have some questions for you, which is totally like I'm <laughs> trying to say, like I'm not really that good. But um, <laughs> but but that was what he said. He goes, but let's talk about uh, your business. Let's talk about how you might turn this into more of a business, because at the time I'd been teaching high school. I taught high school physics for 18 years. And so um, so I was doing the blog at the same time. And he's like, you know what? Why why don't you just throw out a photography workshop? Why don't you just see if people would sign up or whatever? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't even know if I want to do that or if I could really help people. It's exactly what you're talking about, right? Kind of the imposter thing. And he goes, well, we'll just try it. And I said, okay, well, I can write something up tonight. And uh, the next day I put something out and within 24 hours, that first workshop was sold out. And people are like, oh, this is going to be great. And people (laughs) are trying to get on the wait list and everything else. And it's like, you know, but still at that point, you still have the imposter syndrome, right? You're like, yeah, well, is this going to be any good? I, I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know what I'm um, doing. What
0: am I doing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that that's here. I'll, I'll tell you, this is what I really think about people in photography like us that, that help other people get, have a great experience. I think it's really interesting that all of the photographers that we have come teach our things, they bring such interesting things from their past lives into the way that they do things. And I think that, and when I say like past lives, before they were doing photography. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe you can think of what yours is too. But I, I mean, I think it's very interesting. Like we have uh, Thomas Heaton come and teach our things. And well, what has he done so well? Well, I mean, he, what he's done is his YouTube channel and people love him. Well, what did he do before this? He was in video. Well, that makes total sense. And (laughs) Thomas... Thomas Heaton, I love you more than anyone. Um, He's not going to listen to this anyway, right? Thomas Heaton, I love you. (laughs) I don't think that he's the very best, or at least when he started, I don't think he was the very best photographer uh, of all the photographers that we had, but he does an amazing job on his videos and getting across his personality in those videos. And that's what makes him so successful. Um, There's other people that are in software and they've designed things that are in Photoshop, uh, you know, that people use like a panel or whatever. I just feel that whatever people came with from before, they use that now. And I think that's my advice to other people that want to get into this and think, well, I'm kind of an imposter. I probably was a photography imposter uh, when I started doing my workshops in Chicago, but I knew Chicago. And I knew how to teach people and help people, bringing my experience as as a high school teacher. And, and that's what I've used now for the conference is like, you know, if I have to wrangle 30 high school kids around all these different physics labs and stuff, I bet I could wrangle photographers <laughs> around a national park. And, and it's like, that's the skill set I had coming
0: in. The scary so thing I, is they're not much different. Children and teenagers <laughs> and <laughs> sh- photographers in their 70s, they're all the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I I remember talking with Art Wolf. Uh, we've hosted him a couple of times here in Chicago. And, and he told me, he goes, you know, the best part about doing this, as opposed to what you're doing, Chris, meaning teaching high school is he said that every person that comes with me, they want to be there. And that's, that's what I love is that I'm helping people. I'm teaching people we're we're outside and, and it's people that
0: want to be there. And it just, it, it's great for me. I love it. Well, you said something that really hit home for me because as Aaron King, I, I am much more a teacher than I am a photographer most of the time. I mean, I have images from 2016 that I still need to get around to post-processing and I'm not talking about the rejects. I'm talking about something awesome that I still haven't gotten to, to post process. And it's just, I forget sometimes that I'm a photographer and I focus so much more on the teaching and hanging out with other people. I have decided in the last year, as I reevaluate Photog Adventures and what I'm about, I know that Aaron King is not the best Milky Way photographer out there. And I'm not going to make that my life goal to be recognized as the best Milky Way photographer out there. There's so much subjective um, opinion when it comes to what's best and how to make an image look great and how to not do all the post-processing stuff or how to add like hours and hours of post-processing steps to make it look a certain way. I will never hit everyone's opinion as being the greatest. But... What I can be, and I've decided to be, is someone who can get really great images by doing the bare minimum in a way that's accessible to brand new people to Milky Way photography. That when you see an image that I put out there that you're like, oh, I love that Salt Flats image. Well, that Salt Flats image is a basic panorama, has two rows, and then I stitched together in Lightroom. I did my post-processing entirely in Lightroom. And only because I decided to add my own selfie in there by jumping out there like, 30 seconds after I finished the panel, I ran out there, did a time lapse of me standing in four different locations and picked one that I have to actually go into Photoshop and mask myself into the image where it matched up with where I was so that it's all like completely true. It's not just completely composited. It's actually true to where I was standing in the panorama. That's the only work I had to do was in post-processing in Photoshop. So I like to keep things accessible. And there's people out there who are learning everything they can in one year about Milky Way photography and getting jump starts on their Milky Way photography. Career following what I have, and then they grow, they outgrow what I can teach them, and that's perfectly okay because there's always millions more that are ready to learn and eager to have the next step that, they, that I have for them.
1: Yeah. That, I, I love what you're doing, and you know, speaking of the imposter syndrome, I mean, when I first started following you, uh, that was the thing that I loved: is that you didn't try and say, "Hey, we're the you know best. We we know better than anyone." <laughs> it was that you're like, you know what? We we're learning too, but we want to help other people along this journey, and so I love
0: that part. You're melting my heart, Chris, saying that you follow me at all. I love to hear you say that. I can't believe it. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I can't believe it that you even found out who I am. I'm always surprised when I go somewhere that I actually have been before and I've done photography there. I know there's going to be other milky photographers, but I'm always surprised when they recognize my voice. They yeah, recognize my voice stay. in the dark. I'm like, oh, wow, you really have heard me before. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Aaron King? <laughs> <laughs> huh? yeah. I know that laugh. It's like, oh, really? Yep. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> exactly. So, thinking about doing photography and going out on your own or going out with conferences, are there any experiences that you've had, Chris, that stand out as probably the scariest time that you've had as a Milky Way foot? Pho- oh, not Milky Way photographer, a regular sure. photographer.
1: No, it works. Yeah, this is yeah, this is just a stupid story. I'm sorry, a stupid so, story. It is. You're yeah. setting and us that, up as a stupid story right from the start. It kind of was... <laughs> This isn't going to change anyone's photography that's for sure. When we were when we were at the out of Moab event last time, usually what we do is we get all our groups going, we get all the instructors heading out and then my team will go and check in and see how people are doing. We'll go and check okay. out the different different groups and Actually, it was the same time. It's the same story. I was talking to the guy about how he, uh, you know, when we were with Sarah Marino, and he's like, oh, and I just memorized exactly where to drag my mouse, and I got that motion down over and over and over again. <laughs> um, so I'm talking to him about that. Well, the rest of my team headed out with uh, – actually, they were shooting with Mike Taylor, who's uh, going to be there again uh, this year, and, and they were shooting um, – I can't remember which arch it was, but um, but they are shooting one of the arches. He had everything set up. He's helping everyone but I didn't know where they went and and the path split. So I go down the path and obviously it's, it's, you know, midnight or whatever at this point and the path splits. And I'm like, well, I don't know which way they went. And I drove and it's like, well, if I go to the right, I might find them, but if I go to the left, they might come back to the car and wonder where I am. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I like went back and sat in the car. I was very sad. I was very sad about the whole thing because I'm like, I don't want to screw this whole thing up. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk out there and find them. So I start walking down the right path and I'm kicking up dust. I've got my headlamp going and it's just a hundred percent dark. And the sign says I'm like a mile or two from the arch. I'm like, Oh, great. And I just remember thinking like, um, like, man, like there could be anything out here too. And I don't even know if there's people in the direction that I'm
0: going. You could be going to an empty area.
1: (laughs) And so probably, yeah, exactly. And probably for you, you're used to this. I'm used to the bright lights of Chicago. And so I was like, (laughs) this is different and it's totally dark out here. And I just remember, uh, I'm sure you've had that experience when your headlamp is shining, but all the dust is in front of you. So you just feel like you're walking through this cloud of dust (laughs) because it's just hitting right in front of you. And, uh, And then I remember hearing something off to my right and I spun around quickly. (laughs) And when I did that, I heard something off to the left. And I spun back to the left. And when I did that, I heard something off to the right, and I spun back. And it turned wow. out that it may have been the straps on my camera bag that I was hearing <laughs> as I spun each direction, uh, which was yeah. kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but the first sound actually was a whole pack <laughs> of deer that were out there. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to go back and just sit in the car. <laughs> which then I sat in the car for like three hours, and I was not happy about the whole thing. It was
0: fine, whatever, no big deal. Uh, That's my scary what story. What a bummer. Yeah. You missed out on all of it, <laughs> and you got scared out of your mind, like we all get, uh, when we go out there alone. On a path, you're starting to think: Are there coyotes? Mountain lions? Who's out here? <laughs> right. Who's watching yeah. me? Last year, I'm sorry, the- I
1: didn't make anyone's photography better with that story. I apologize. <laughs> no, but you
0: made them smile because we've all been there, where we've been on a path alone, <laughs> thinking for a second: Oh my gosh, what's that sound? <laughs> What's that sound? I went up and uh, setting up lights for our setup at a needles district shot. We had a big open wall of rock that was out for a huge panorama. And the only way we could light all the rocks up were like four or five different low level lighting setups. And so we had one that was just kind of off in the distance where Brendan and drew had set up and they came back and I offered to go out and just fix it. And I was gonna go out alone. I thought this is great. I'll walk out with my headlamp on. I'll get there. I had to climb cliffs in the back. I realized that this is not as easy of a terrain as I thought I threw I get up there, I turn on the light We're running out of time with the Milky Way where we want it And so I just need to get the light working And then turn off my lights and sit still So I'm yelling back at those guys Hey, okay, is it good? And they gave me the confirmation I said, okay, take your pictures now And I'm thinking, eh, you know, like 15 seconds Maybe two minutes, they'll be done Half of them decide to do a panorama that they're stacking And so we're taking six images at least per panorama stage And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me and I told them, are you guys done yet? No. Are you guys done yet? I'm out there for three, five minutes, and I'm standing here thinking, I'm fine. This is beautiful. The sky looks awesome. They're over there. I'm having a oh, what, cr- cr- breaking leaves, breaking branches. And now I'm thinking, oh, crap. I'm standing here in the dark. I look like a like a injured, an injured animal hanging out here, and there could be a mountain lion, and they're nowhere nearby to scare him away or help me get out of this, and just, I'm going to die. I thought I was going to die. I was standing there with eight minutes of pure darkness alone on this cliff face, waiting for them to give me the go-ahead to come back, and I was starting to freak myself out and thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Why'd I come out here alone? I was thinking that it would be easy to walk back in the dark and not ruin their shot. But because I had to go up so many cliffs and little jumping areas, I was going to kill myself on the way back without any light. So I had to just stay there, out there in this unknown area in Needles District that doesn't have any life around it except for wildlife. And I felt really vulnerable. So I know what you're feeling. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but you survived. Yes. Y-
1: you know, that That's the best part about uh, whether it's one of your workshops or uh, or to come on something like our out of Moab event is that people we love being outside. We love to be underneath the stars like that and to capture that image and bring it back. Yeah. But to be able to do it with a group of people that are all kind of all there helping you and to know you're not the only one out there by yourself. It, it you know, if you're not used to doing that kind of thing. It, it, it really helps. And not only that, but you know, you're going to get advice as to what equipment you should have and how you should be using it, you know, just to get out safely and everything too. So that's a big part of what we try and give people.
0: I mean, I think 90% of what people are paying for is me getting them out to a cool location safely and having a great time. They don't even care if I'm there at the camera teaching them as much. They just wanted that location, wanted the access, and they wanted to do it safely with someone else. Yeah, but it's
1: amazing with with photographers that are not used to shooting Milky Way um and i'm sure you have this all the time like we've done workshops just up in door county wisconsin or whatever and it's like you know we're here to shoot the 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 water and the crashing waves and the lighthouses and everything else and then we go well let's go shoot uh, a little bit at night and they're like i don't know i don't know how to shoot the shoot at night any (laughs) stars or anything but right to get people that have never done it for the first time and to have it show up
0: on the back of their camera it's like a magical moment right (laughs) it really is It's something I I love with newbies that have come out there. It's just, it, it gives me, it gives me a will to live. I love hearing their excitement.
1: And it reminds me of hearing photographers talk about the old days, shooting in, uh, you know, developing film in the dark room. And they're like, it's magical to just wait there and to see the image <laughs> appear and to pull it out. It's the same thing. And I feel the same way with the type of stuff that I teach a lot of, which is like in the city, like long exposure stuff and car trails and everything else. And it's like, you don't know what you're getting until you see that 20 second exposure finally pop up on the back of your screen. And you're like, oh, whoa, that is really cool. So that's one of my favorite moments in photography is when you don't know what's going to appear on the back
0: and you get that with the astro stuff. I love that. You know someone's addicted once they have that first gasp at seeing what's on the back (laughs) of the LCD screen. Right, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and take our only break of the podcast and we'll come right back. And Chris, as he is my co-host, he is going to take over the next segment. Hey, Chris, so with all the places that you could take people to do photography, you've actually chosen to bring to us in Utah and out of Moab, of all places, Moab. Why did you guys choose Moab?
1: Moab's amazing for night photography. I mean, it's a great city, but you have so many places so close. It's Arches and Canyonlands, Dead Horse State Park, all those places and to bring together just some of the best astrophotographers in the world from Mike Taylor, Royce Bear, Ian Norman, Diana Southern, Eric Paré, Kim Henry, uh, and Aaron King yes. and, and <laughs> like 10 others. So yeah, I mean, it is gonna be an amazing experience out there and uh, yeah, I hope people
0: come join us. Yeah guys, it's September 13th through 17th. Come join us out there. Use the Aaron King discount code. If you type in King at your coupon at checkout, you'll get $250 off. So go to outofchicago.com forward slash Moab to join me at Out of Moab in September 13th through 17th. Be there. Use the coupon code KING and I'll see you in September.
1: Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Chris Smith. I'm here with Aaron King. Hey, yeah. And we... The, I feel terrible because this whole thing has been an advertisement uh, and you just tried to do a little advertisement, but the whole thing has been. I feel really bad about You feel about like that. it's just an
0: advertisement? Well, the thing uh, about these advertisements on podcasts is that we're hearing a real person talk about real things and sharing stories of even making a mistake and not finding a group in photography and you, you're stuck for three hours in your car. So this is very real. If I had to deal with advertisements, these are my favorite ways to get advertisements.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess if you had to deal with it. So... <laughs> (laughs) So Aaron, like, what are are
0: you going to teach? at Out of Moab.
1: What classes are you going to do? Like, What are your favorite places to visit when we're there at those parks? Um, like, What do you think people are going to get from, from working with you? Oh,
0: I am very excited to meet some people who have never heard me teach Milky Way photography. And so I can't wait to teach them and, and help them understand how accessible it is. And so it's just all the basics that they need to know to get a great Milky Way shot that night. And then, unlike with a YouTube video when they watch me teach the same thing, they actually get to come out with me that very night and go out. And I'm hoping that we get to see Island in the Sky. I love shooting from there. The way it'll be so south, we might end up going to Dead Horse Point more to get the really cool gooseneck in the river right there where it has the Milky Way vertical behind it. And then I've actually never shot a Mesa Arch Milky Way. Typically, it's facing so east, it's better with the early months, but it'd be kind of fun to get something out of normal, just out of the usual at Mesa Arch and get a Milky Way above it and do a time lapse. And so there'd be a lot of fun things that I'm looking forward to teaching. And with the whole hundred people there, you get to intimately know and get to meet everybody. It's going to be an experience where I think after a couple of days of doing something, people are going to start making requests. Okay, hey, uh, where else can we go? And I'll be like, you know where we can go? We can go to Goblin Valley. You want to go an hour and 20-minute drive with me? Let's do that tonight. We'll take off, go to Goblin Valley, and see the Martian landscape of Goblin Valley where you get to see a Milky Way rise over these hoodoos. And it is just, if you want to go to a low-level light playground, go to Goblin Valley. And so I'm excited to teach low-level lighting pro- processes milky way photography and i'm gonna be teaching photo pills and how to use it because for some reason it's still something people don't quite get how to use it best for what they want to do and there's so many things in photo pills that you might not even know exist and so i have a lot of fun giving those like mind blown moments and i'm like and guess what you put your finger right here tap it down the moon shows up there and it'll give you every date for the next five years that the moon shows up in the sky right there and i'm (laughs) excited to teach that (laughs) <laughs> oh my
1: goodness. Yeah. I went to the photo pills camp in Menorca, Spain last oh, year cool. and Raphael and you guys, I love photo pills. It's the most amazing thing, but I will still say, Oh, they're going to hate me that it is. <laughs> it is not the easiest thing to use. Like I had to do the whole, uh, camp, the photo pills camp to finally get to figure out like, okay, this is how I pull this up. And yeah, so I've always been excited. Um, to have someone that's going to teach a class mostly just on photo pills and how people can use that, uh, you know, to really help
0: uh, find their shots. Oh, there's uh, so many cool features that you're not even aware of. I was driving Rafa to UVU, the university there, where we were having a workshop and I was complaining about something and he's like, oh, actually you could just do this. And that's when he showed me the tap right here. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've used this app for two years and I sat here looking through the augmented reality and never once did I even consider tapping the screen. And thanks to you guys not giving us any prompts that say that you can do that, it was like this tribal knowledge and the tribal elder Rafa and he said, here's the wisdom of the ancients. (laughs) And he finally told me, like, how could this not be a featured feature that's bragged about exactly. everywhere
1: well that's what i'm trying to say were you saying a good thing about photo pills there or not a good thing because <laughs> <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah I'm, and when he does it he goes oh well all you would had to do is click here and it's like yeah but how what? would i know but yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of it, it's similar to like photoshop compared to lightroom or even something you know just the photos app or whatever it's like Photo pills is like Photoshop. It is so powerful, but mm-hmm. you only need to know like how to use 5% of it. And if you're a true professional and you really learn it, you want it to be complicated like that. And because you learn it and you know it inside and out. So it's more of that type of a thing than the, well, let's just figure out when the sun comes up or whatever. Right. There's so much to it. It's like the professional app for uh for landscape photography, for sure.
0: It's something that you will find out that you've been missing out on opportunities once you learn a little bit more and you realize this whole time you've been overlooking something that you're going to use every day now. Right, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, this was this was a long time ago. And you know what? I'll say that it was
1: using PhotoPills, but I think it may have actually been the photographer's ephemeris. <laughs> I think it was before yeah. PhotoPills. Oh, sorry, Rafa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember being uh, in Chicago. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to get the moon rising. What would it be cool to get it rising above in Chicago? Like, Ooh, if it was coming up over the Adler planetarium, I mean, that kind of, they go together whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to figure out exactly where to line myself up so that it's coming right up. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I can't wait. And it sent me to like some remote Hill, you know, like on the other side, you know, shooting out over the lake kind of there, the Harbor. And, uh, and I get there and there's three other people there. And they all came separately and they're like, oh, yeah, we looked it up on the app. And it's like, "Wait, you guys all came to the the same spot, you know, all because I'm like, no one else will be there. And they're like, oh, yeah, we knew where to be. So the moon was like, all right, that's cool. So it's crazy how these apps and social media has changed photography. But that was kind of just the start of it for me. But, yeah, yeah. crazy how, many you know, people.
0: Well, we won't get into that, but yeah, I you do know, one person ask posts ya. something, they all get there. Yeah, right. go ahead. I do want to ask you, and with our last few minutes that we have on the podcast, uh, you mentioned the whole change. We can run over too. It's fine. You can it's, go a little over? Yeah, okay.
1: you, We can do whatever you want. Yes. yes.
0: Uh-huh. So <laughs> with your history of doing photography and teaching Chicago and going everywhere, you've been around long enough. Because Aaron King, crazy enough, has picked up his first DSLR in 2015. So it hasn't been that long. The reality- Who are the best people to learn from? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's
1: true the people who have been doing it for 30 years they don't they don't know what people are going through they're like oh, well, obviously you know how to do that so it's it's a lot of times well that's why i said when i first started following you guys is like these guys got the right idea it's like follow us on our journey uh you know for for kind of just
0: getting into this as well so yeah that's those are the best teachers yeah oh my gosh i keep getting blushed and and red faced cuz he's actually mentioning things that uh, are truly uh, things that we were doing you're not just you know Feeding me a line and saying that you followed me, you actually did follow some stuff that we've done. That's awesome. So, the question I have for you people who've gone to places, what name one place? Now, here's my opinion first of all. My opinion is that thanks to the smartphone, not just social media, people are going all over the places and places that used to be barren, alone, desolate, not many people would come there. They're coming there now because they have Google Maps right there on their phone. That's what I think is the big catalyst, not Instagram. I think it's just the accessibility of driving random places that you can trust because you trust your phone it puts people in situations that kill them sometimes but it also is you know the reason why more people are showing up i think now i think you're right with right. that perspective of people are coming more than before is there a location that you used to go that had no one ever else there with you but now when you go you're never alone man
1: you know you asked you t- told me to think about this ahead of time yeah, i'm give you a heads you know up what? You know what? I'm going to answer. I'm not going to answer your question. This is going to be like the debates. I'm going to. He's rejecting my question.
0: Everybody, let the record show that Chris has rejected it. At
1: least that I I admitted it. But when you were (laughs) asking the question, it made me think about what we really need to figure out when we're doing these events, because Mm. when you go to some of these places and it's like, well, there's just the lookout and everyone stands in the same place for the lookout. And the only thing you can really do creatively is point your camera in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. right? and, and, and maybe not even that, you know, there's not a lot you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the challenge to find new things that people haven't shot before um, and talking with photographers that I really respect, like uh, like Sarah Marino and Alex Noriega and uh, and David Kingham, Jennifer Renwick, um, they all talk about the one place that they still love to shoot is Death Valley, which is why I wanted to make sure that we got out there and we just got got back from there just to um, four or five weeks ago. Uh, And we were hanging out with David and Jennifer. It was great. awesome. Um, Yeah, yeah. And they showed us around. And that's the other secret to these things is like, you have to be there with the people that know it because uh, I'm getting a little off my story, which was already getting off your question completely. So I apologize. (laughs) He has great accountability though, guys. Chris is always accountable uh, for what he does. (laughs) uh, So when we got there, we go to the Mesquite sand dunes and you see these amazing shots of the sand dunes. And we get out there. And they said, well, sometimes you got to kind of walk further to, to, to uh, get uh, a shot without uh, footprints in it. Well, we get there. We must have walked a mile and a half into the sand dunes oh, and yeah. still everywhere you look. It's just footprints everywhere. It hadn't had wind in a long time, I suppose, yeah, is what exactly. it was. Yeah. And so it was like, all right, well, we got lots of really cool pictures of, of footprints in the sand. That was great. <laughs> um, and then we met up with David and Jennifer and I, re- I recorded a podcast with them as we were walking out. And oh, they're like, cool. well, no, you don't want to walk out there. We know where you want to walk out. There's no footprints at all. And it's like, oh, my goodness, we walked like 15 minutes and it was pristine. It was perfect. It was exactly where you wanted to be. Ooh. It wasn't it wasn't, uh, it wasn't dunes that were quite as tall, but they were just like, Pristine, perfect. That's you could awesome. get all these amazing abstract images, um, and it was really, really fun. And so, to me, what's interesting is a place like Death Valley, where it's not like here's the place where you stand. It's more like here's like four square miles. You could be anywhere, and you're going to get something interesting. Find your <laughs> yeah. own vantage point. And the same thing happened when we were in Yosemite. Uh, like when we had Alex Noriega and some of the and Charlotte Gibbs, the people that really know that area, and they're like, you know, it's not about you know, tunnel view, of course, you stand at one spot and you look out over the whole valley. It's beautiful. Right. But most of these people were like, no, just send me to one of the meadows because we're going to find some really cool stuff. And they brought back pictures that like no one's ever done before. And to me, that's the direction that I want to go with my photography. And it's a direction that I want to help people um, you know, with their photography, when they come to our events, I don't want to just be like stand in front of this and everyone take the same shot. I want to create these areas where people can go out and find their own shots and find their own things. And and it really, uh, we had that in Yosemite with everyone looking more for the intimate scenes too, rather than just the wide angle. Okay. It's the same as everybody else's. So, um, so that's my, I don't know if I have one particular place where it's like, oh, geez, now it's overrun. <laughs> right. Although I will say that Mesa Arch was crazy overrun when we went there, and Thomas Heaton did a whole video on it as, uh-huh. for, as part of our Out of thing, and <laughs> everyone's like, geez, you know, this is out of control. I was like, I, I know. I don't, what do you want me to do about it? But um, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah i think that's the the best advice so is to find places even find places near you after i got back from yosemite now i'll go down another tangent i apologize and that is when i get back from these events i am so inspired so when i got back two days later the sad thing was we wanted to do yosemite in winter it never snowed and it not only that but this it was, year it was clear blue skies the entire time oh. and everyone we talked to hotel was like you got so lucky with the weather and we're like no you, know, if you, you don't understand, understand whatever, we want bad weather <laughs> yeah, exactly and so uh so i got back and in chicago it snowed we got we got like three inches of snow so i headed yeah. right out to the forest preserve. but coming back from yosemite and listening to the talks with michael fry and charlotte gibb and charlie kramer and all these masters of photography i just you know, I thought of my photography and the shots that I was getting in a totally different way. And I, I do believe that you you probably make your best pictures when you're out on your own. But to come to something like this or to do a workshop, you just become so inspired that when you are then off on your own, you think of photography in a totally different way and you get shots that you would have never gotten. And that's what I did. I got some really cool shots just of, you know, just uh, snow covered trees and stuff. And it was it was yeah. I mean, that to me is what makes photography special yes. to have these experiences.
0: So, Absolutely. Yeah. If you've ever learned a language, you know how at first you hear someone speak in that language and everything is just a, a jumbling of, consonants and vowels and sounds and you kind of can tell that there's sounds in there. Then you get a little bit more familiar with the language and you actually start to hear the gaps between the words. You don't know some of the words, but you can tell that that's a word. It's not just all one big sound. Blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, I can hear the different words. I know which word that they said. I could even say that word probably and ask someone what that means. And it just takes that kind of time and familiarity. With photography, sometimes when you go to a place, you just you just hear a bunch of sounds. It's just this constant like visual overload. Everything looks amazing. Everything looks distracting. Everything is just jumbled together. And after just a little bit more time of wandering around an areas, taking some shots, trying some things, all of a sudden you start to see the separations of like, oh, okay, this is the subject I'm really loving. I love where the light's hitting here. That's where I want to focus. This element is actually distracting. I want to get this out of my composition. And you start breaking things up and segmenting them and understanding them better. And familiarity, Returning back to a location over and over again really, really helps. And that inspiration you came out of Yosemite, it was like a prime the pump of inspiration in your head and your heart. And you were ready to take something else and see it with the same eye, that same excited eye that you had at Yosemite. You applied to somewhere, you said you went to a location nearby Chicago. For photography, that was a wildlife park or something? Just a forest preserve. A forest preserve. Just a small park to walk around, yeah. And you went back there with the same excitement you had in Yosemite, and you kind of took that same creative juice, and you are able to use it in a place that you've probably been many times before, right? That's exactly right. And Mm -hmm. I made pictures that are nothing like any images I've made before, just because of the experience and how that affected me when I was there at the at the risk of sounding more like an ad the best way for someone to just prime the pump of their photography creativity for the year of 2020 is to get out to workshops get out to these conferences, get around other photographers and fill that fire that they all have and then bring your flame to it. And then all your flames get together and grow into a bigger fire. And it just helps you and gets you excited. And there's no better way to get better at your photography than to get around other photographers. Yeah.
1: And you know, that applies with our instructors too. Like Alex Noriega, he's like, oh my goodness, like William Neal and Charlie Kramer. These are like my heroes. (laughs) Like these are my guys. Like I can't believe that I'm here teaching with them. So in Acadia, I mean, we have people like, Albert Dross from the Netherlands, Francesco Gola from Italy, yes. and they're like, "Oh, I can't wait to come and meet Sean Bagshaw and Sarah Marino and Tony Sweet and Aaron <laughs> Bobnick." It's just like amazing the groups that we put together. So for this Moab
0: one, we got Aaron King. Uh, who who are you excited to, to work with in Moab? Ooh, oh, oh, uh, you know, my very first Milky Way book that I ever purchased was from David Kingham. Sorry, Royce, my very first book was David <laughs> Kingham, and I read that book from beginning to end. I- I loved it, and I've always been inspired by. I read David Kingham's story about how he left work and decided to go out on, a, on the road for a year doing photography. And so I just I've always been inspired by and loved David Kingham, and I haven't had a chance to come across him yet. And so being able to be one of the instructors at the conference and meet David Kingham, that's going to be fantastic. I've hung out with Ian Norman before, never hung out with Diana. And so seeing Ian and Diana, and then just to I meet, love them. By the way, oh, mm-hmm. you love them. They're such cool. good people. Ian is yes. such a calm relaxing person like he doesn't have like a decibel 10 I don't think he ever gets there it's it's fun <laughs> to talk to him and hang out with him talking Milky Way but then Eric Paré is it Paré or Paré I call him Paré Paré, yeah. Paré. Mm-hmm. Paré. Eric Paré and his awesome photography he does with Kim where they do the lights behind her as she has the beautiful form of the dancer and ballerina whatever she does really cool poses in front of that light wand I mean what a creative way to take nightscaping
1: yeah, if people don't know the work of Eric Paré and Kim Henry, like you got to check out their stuff because I try and say, like, well, it's like light painting. And so <laughs> it's almost like a lightsaber, which they hate me saying. It's almost <laughs> yeah. like a lightsaber, and you wave it around, and then like the person poses in front of it. Um, and they're like, all right, that sounds okay. And as soon as I open my phone and I go, well, these are the shots that people get, they're like, oh, that is wow. unbelievable. Yeah. So you- to check out what they do, it's
0: totally different than anything else. But what a great place to do it, Moab. <laughs> I'm a chubby guy. I'm a short, chubby guy, and so I've always wanted. How did to, we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing doing an Eric Paré type image. <laughs> yep, nope, it's not on here. I just added it in. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do an Eric Parre like image that makes that, that makes fun of me, where I'm the like silhouette in front of the uh light. Wand, whatever you want to call it. it. And that'd be so much fun to do, to look as nice as Eric Parry, but then have this like chubby short guy in there and be the silhouette, the opposite silhouette that you've ever wanted to see in there. So I've always wanted to do that and I've never taken the chance to do it. But that'd be fun. So in I the love it. end of this podcast, the last thing I'm going to ask you, Chris, is the one question that is very nearly impossible to answer. Chris, you've done photography for years now. What does Chris Smith of 2020 say if you go back in time and meet Chris Smith in 2010? What do you teach yourself,
1: man? It's such a hard question. Right? You know, I, yeah. I I don't know that. I think it's
0: a bad question again. I'm gonna oh, say that he's just uh. rejecting it. <laughs> oh, cut the segment in the final in the podcast, you guys. Just cut oh, this part out. Oh man,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I I would say
1: that. You know, I, I I can say I can look back at the successes we've had and and tons of failures as well. Um, right. I mean we've done certain events where it's like, all right, this is going to be amazing. And 20 people sign up and it's like, (laughs) well, we've done ones and then we lost a ton of money and we've done other ones where we've done or and then we've decided, you know, we're just going to cancel it. And people are super disappointed. Um, But but looking back at it, you just never know what's going to work and what's not. So the story with Rick Salmon and I'm like, I don't really don't think anyone would sign up for a workshop. I just tried it and they signed up. Um, and, and, and I, we did other ones and they didn't go well. And then, so really the story was like, we did out of New York. It was like, well, we do Chicago, let's do New York. And that was one of the best ones we've ever done, but we only had like 60 people there or something. Um, but what was crazy about that was afterward we said, you know what, let's try something different then if we're not just going to do cities, let's try and do Acadia. And we had like 20 of those 60 people sign up to do Acadia. And it was just something that we're like, this may not work at all. But that's what totally led us down this path of of doing all these different national parks and to do landscapes. And it's turned out that we can create a much better, more special experience by going to these types of places than trying to go to cities. And I mean, when we did New York, people were doing, you know, the bridges and then other people went to Lindsay Adler studio and it was Hmm. amazing. But like it was like all different types of things. And thinking back, maybe we did have more like 120 people, but New York's expensive. So it was a little rough. Well, guys, (laughs)
0: he's Chris Smith. You know him from the Out of Chicago conference and you got a photography conference in many places in the world out of Acadia this year, out of Moab, out of uh, Chicago Botanica. And then your fourth one was out of Yosemite. That's already happened. So guys, follow Chris Smith. You can see his photography at csmith.com. Chicago.com. So that's csmithchicago.com, as well as you can learn all about his conferences at outofchicago.com. Do you have anywhere else that people can follow you? You know you have an Out of Chicago podcast that they should be listening to, that's for sure.
1: We do. We call it the photographer's perspective. And if you just go to outofchicago.com, you'll find the link to it. And we just talk with all of our instructors. We'll have you on there uh, talking uh, more in depth on Milky Way photography. And uh, yeah, but we've got people doing flowers. We got people doing landscapes, intimate landscapes, uh, all nature stuff. So, um, but, but it really, you know, we try and hone in on the people that are instructors. So that's awesome. I just, I'm going to, you know, you said all these out of things and I know that you're trying to wrap things up and I just keep talking, but uh, <laughs> you said all these out of things. Well, um, John Sexton, who was, you know, Ansel Adams assistant and has gone on to have an amazing career and is still shooting all film. And uh, yeah. he was just a special guy to be around. And he walks in with his wife and I saw them and they were looking at one of our flyers and he's like, oh, out of Acadia and out of this. And and I was across the room, but I hear him go, well, oh, out of laughing. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> like, so I go over there. I'm like, what did you say? He goes, oh, it's, it's a little bit like I'm going out of my mind. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <of> great. <laughs>
0: <mind>. <laughs> you John Sexton teasing you for the out of uh, brand. <laughs> exactly. It was very special. Yes. You know, sometimes it's a flattery to have him make fun of it too. <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take it. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for being a part. It's, it's an honor to be a presenter out of Moab, and it's been really fun to hang out with you on the podcast and get a chance to talk to you. So, thanks for coming on, Chris. Thank you. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you in Utah. All right. I'm excited for it. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all of your support. If you guys love this and enjoy this kind of content, don't thank me. Thank our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash adventures Thanks, guys. Get out there with your camera and get out to a photography conference this year. Learn more. Inspire yourself and get out there and have an adventure. See you guys. Bye-bye.